0: Hey everybody! Welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwoodel, joined by Greg Crone Gregory, how's it going?
1: It's it's a flu game, Chris. My allergies <laughs> are are absolutely destroying me. Uh, I've sneezed roughly fifteen thousand times today. Uh, so um, I, I, I'm I'm battling through it, but I'm here. Uh, hockey's over, so that that's that's great. I'm happy mm-hmm. about that. I can just enjoy the playoffs without having to care about a team in it. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're it's sports. We're in sports mode, playoff mode coming up, so I'm excited.
0: Sports. I switched the introduction back this week. Last week, I played around with uh, Chris Horwardll with Greg Crone, but I went back to join by because you know, with didn't feel right to me.
1: No I, I enjoyed joining the show. As if I were a guest, I like that.
0: But that's exactly why I switched in the first place. I felt like <laughs> uh, I, I felt like I wanted to make sure that everyone viewed us on equal ground. Uh, but yeah, it's just it, it didn't it didn't feel right. Maybe we'll play around with other stuff in the uh, in the future. Who knows? But a little look behind the neurotic brain uh, the uh, neurotic inner workings of my brain i suppose
1: well it is amazing when you think about like uh, when you do host the host side of one of, the, of any of the shows mm. that you're on like the host side's so much different and especially like if you have to whip it around to multiple people and things like that you gotta like you want to make sure you don't like accidentally favorite somebody it's it's right. it's a whole thing
0: you want to make sure mark doesn't get to talk too much
1: i mean that's always the goal there's a re- there's a reason why uh, Zed made an appearance last week. Let's be let's be honest. Um, yeah.
0: How are things going overall? I'm better's delight. Your other show.
1: <laughs> Not too bad. I mean, we're having a good time making picks. So, you know, I'm I'm slowly but surely working my way back to 500. First first guy on the show to get 100 wins. Granted, the week before I was the first guy to get to 100 losses. But we're <laughs> we're 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 on we're on pace. We're having a good time. A lot of UFC stuff. A lot of you know, baseball in in full effect. It's it's a good time over there if you're interested in random fun facts and talking about Shaq's treehouse along with winning money.
0: The math suggests to me that you shouldn't be able to be the first person to get to 100 wins and losses.
1: You would think there, there's an accusation that I just pick too many games, but that's what that's what gambling is, buddy. You mm-hmm. you, you play the games you like. That's you know, the, the people that play the lottery play their numbers for a reason. That's Yeah. That's their feel. When you see some, we talk about it on this show all the time. It's it's feel, it's gut feeling, it's it's that sort of thing versus versus math and science and probably logic. Um, <laughs> that's it's what you got to go with. That's what I ride. If I like eighteen picks in a week, I like eighteen picks in a week. It's gonna happen.
0: Hey, I, I I am not here to argue with uh, your you know degenerate gambling
1: insanity. Yeah. yeah, Chris, but who had Isaac Okoro? And uh Jaron Jackson Jr. to hit first buckets last night I don't think it was anybody else on betters delight It was this guy
0: I don't know if I should congratulate you Or <laughs> <laughs> you know, start talking to your family members about getting you help Both options
1: are probably good
0: Yeah, equally legitimate, I think uh, we We talked about this a while ago And I know you're not a big advocate of the NBA play-in tournament but I've got to say, like the way this is breaking down, you have to admit. This is pretty fascinating. It looks like we're going to get Lakers Warriors in the first round of the play-in tournament. That is, that is really really fun.
1: I guess, I don't know. I I want to I'd rather see the Warriors get a legitimate shot at somebody though. Yeah. Like I want them you, in a four game You're saying the Warriors series. can't
0: beat the Lakers is what you're saying.
1: Well, I want both teams to be able to do that. And I know Well, the, they both like, can. Whatever. Yeah, I know. Whoever loses will still have an opportunity to to win eighth place. But like, I don't know. It feels like a weird precursor to to the actual playoffs. I don't. I don't know if I like it.
0: Well, let's put it like this. So, all right, you, the insinuation here is that the Lakers would beat the Warriors in that first game, that seven eight game. So the Lakers advance. They're the seven seed. They go play the Phoenix Suns in the first round. Uh, right now, with how things are. If the Warriors can't beat the winner of the Grizzlies and Spurs, then the Warriors don't deserve the right to play the Jazz. Yeah, no, I hear
1: you. I mean, it just, it feels like it's cheapening the playoffs to me. Like, you're putting everybody in one-game situations. Anything can happen in one game. A guy could get hurt, a guy, you know. It, things things can go wacky i don't know <laughs> i want the i want the top eight best teams that proved if over 82 well in this case whatever 72 uh that that should matter more and be weighted more than hey you want a, a, a one or two game series over a team
0: yeah I'm, I'm telling you what we are diametrically opposed in in our view here because i think this is fun i really do i think you know, obviously the Lakers and the Warriors are the 7th and 8th seed, legitimate 7th and 8th seeds in this conference. I don't want to say best teams because the Lakers are certainly better than the 7th best team in the Western Conference. Just a matter of they haven't been able to stay healthy. But, the war, man, the Warriors are fun. Uh, that Warriors-Jazz series would uh, set a record for most threes taken in, in any playoff series, I imagine. That's going to be super fun. But... Yeah, you know, I'm for it. I'm less excited about how the the East looks, just because it seems like there's seven legitimate playoff teams in the East, and then others will also make it. Right now, the Celtics and Hornets would play in that seven eight game. Assume this. I assume the Celtics would win, and then the Hornets would play the winner of the Pacers and the Wizards. Like the Wizards, really? Like I, I know what Russ is doing is crazy, and congratulations on setting the record for the uh, most triple doubles in NBA history, which is you know incredible. And we, we definitely underrate how good he is, but that series does not excite me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's going to be very like, those teams just aren't that good. The, the wizards have been better than they have been in years past, but like, they're still missing. There's a lot to be desired when they go out there. They're they're a fun team to bet on. Uh, to be to be fair, because they seem to always be in every game. So, like that's that ma- that makes them fun. I have zero interest in uh, who's the first team you mentioned there. The
0: Hornets. Um, oh, so, Celtics. No, not the Hornets. Ah, The Celtics. the, the ers opponent this evening. The Indiana Pacers. Yeah,
1: like that is a boring bad team. I yeah. I'm I'm good, man. Thank thanks for coming out, Indiana. Um, the Hornets will be fun, though. If they can make the playoffs, LaMelo's back. If Hayward's healthy, Like that's a fun team to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, I'd gladly watch them play against the Sixers for four or five games. But there's a reason why, Chris, they maneuvered away from the five-game opening round series, right? It's to prevent the bigger-name teams from going away. Mm-hmm. Now you're having bigger-name, higher-profile teams in this weird play-in tournament what if the Lakers lose to the Warriors? What if the Lakers then proceed to lose two games to Memphis or whoever? whoever well, it, it, that would, team it would be is. one
0: game. It, they only need to lose one, but even that's even worse. No, if they lose two games in a row, then they deserve to be out of the playoffs. What are you talking about? No. If you can't beat the Memphis Grizzlies, you you do not deserve to be in the NBA playoffs. I'm sorry. Oh god, we couldn't match up with uh Justice Winslow. <laughs>
1: Listen, Memphis is getting healthy. Jaron Jackson Jr is back. We're we're ready for that that run, that stretch run out of out of the Grizz.
0: Yeah, look, they have fun young talent. There's no question about that. John Morant, I've always said like super super Iverson need to me. And that is the highest praise you can possibly uh, get from a 76ers fan and Jackson Jr is back has not been, you know, Great in the very limited minutes that he's been playing nine uh, nine games playing twenty three ish minutes a game two stars fourteen points and Valachunas has been good but they just they desperately need a second best player
1: uh, yeah yeah I agree they they definitely do but I don't know who that is I don't know if that's something they can get in the draft I don't know well not
0: at this point not when you're uh, well, not when you're going to be drafting like twelve well I mean I you're guess good at you- drafting. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, Kawhi and Clay Thompson and numerous others certainly have been in that area. Paul George. But yeah, I don't I just I I don't see it with them. It's they're fun. I think I think they suffer long term by being ahead of schedule, weirdly enough, because this is a team if you threw, you know, Jalen Green in the draft from the onto this roster, then okay, we have a trio. If you you throw a Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley or somebody like that onto this roster, okay, we've got building blocks, but I, I just don't know I don't know if John Morant's ever gonna be good enough to be the best player on a championship team. I don't know that Jaron Jackson Jr. is ever gonna be good enough to be the second best player on a championship team.
1: That's where you you, you gotta use Memphis and the draw and the market to to get that big name free agent. Who doesn't wanna go who doesn't wanna go take over the the town that uh Jerry the King Lawler built? Huh? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I mean you, that's you bet, the pitch You better hope that, that he just happens to be a big country music fan
1: These teams need to bring me in I'll pitch, I'll pitch Memphis to literally anybody Do you like weird local wrestling Where everyone who's in the wrestling ring Becomes weird local celebrities This is your town This is how we do it Chris We can build the Grizz We can build them up We switch back to the weird uh, Vancouver jerseys That Brian Reeves made famous Big like, country we, we can do this We can uh, absolutely do this
0: I I don't got... think you, I don't think you're getting that job
1: <laughs> I well you try it I almost got I almost got beat by a babysitter once uh, she was putting one of my younger brothers to bed and I was playing NBA live 1996 mm-hmm. uh, one of the NBA lives I'm guessing it's 96 may have been later than that uh, but Brian Reeves hit a three from half court down two with the buzzer to win and I went absolutely insane in excitement and uh I was I was promptly locked out of my own home for for celebrating far too loud while a younger child was sleeping.
0: Well, there's a lot to unpack there, but <laughs> we we'll talk about we'll talk about that off the air. I'm looking at the free agents this year that you would be pitching the town that was built by Jerry Lawler too. And uh, you know, I don't see uh, I don't see Chris Paul leaving the Suns. So I don't see Kawhi leaving, although Kawhi's a weird guy. Although, you know, and a fun guy, obviously. Kawhi's Kawhi,
1: not going to Memphis. Kawhi's just, a
0: weird guy. He's not going to Memphis, but I could see him opting out of the Clippers and then just trying to, you know, uh, attach himself to a another team that has a better shot to win the championship. Bring him uh, to Philly. I don't like... <laughs> boy, talk about messing with chemistry. Um, you, you would You would have to do it, but it's just that is a lot of downside potential there. Conley is not a fit there. Lowry is not a fit. I don't know. Is is uh, Demar Derozan? Is that the guy? Because that's the end of the kind of good player list.
1: Yeah, that is. That might be the guy. That might have to be the guy if you're going to go for the free agent market. And Derozan would go there. The guy's played in essentially the smaller markets. I mean, Toronto's big in Canada, but if you talk about comparing it from a from a fan standpoint to anywhere else. In the United States, it's it's clearly it's most likely towards the lower end. Maybe not now because of the title from a few years ago, but the team essentially reverted right back to irrelevancy after that. So uh, that's a little bit tougher to judge. I, I could see DeRozan, I could see DeRozan making that move. It's not like San Antonio is some sort of giant market.
0: No, but I mean Texas is Texas.
1: Texas is Texas. I will give
0: you that for better and worse in so huh? many ways. <laughs> Um, down the list a little bit You know I'm a big Lonzo fan But Lonzo doesn't make any sense next to Ja This is just uh, This is not a great free agent class Maybe maybe they can lure Robin Lopez To the Grizzlies
1: I mean if you're looking for a Lopez brother At this point in their career Robin's definitely the one you go with
0: Otto Porter, Oladipo, yeah, I don't see it. I don't. I I do not see it here. But you know, good luck to. I I suppose you now that you we've given you this job. <laughs> good luck uh, getting. I don't know. Otto Porter in, down to Memphis.
1: I mean, Otto Porter is one of the like highest paid players in NFL history. So uh, yes, I he, get which
0: it. Which is an incredible story because he plays in <laughs> the NBA.
1: Well, if you compare career earnings for what Otto Porter's made so far, I think it does put him like significantly higher than most NFL players' career earnings.
0: Oh, I would think so. Uh, yeah. Otto Porter has gotten paid. You know what, the other thing Otto Porter is a really interesting case of guys who get hated on and get and like people start talking trash on because they're overpaid. It's like, okay, somebody offered me a ton of money and I took it that makes me a less of a basketball player. I look forward to going back to a time, you know, let's just go ahead and call it next year when the use of the world aren't calling and offering Otto Porter these giant contracts and he gets a reasonable deal and we can go back to appreciating the basketball player Otto Porter is rather than talking trash about the contract Otto Porter has.
1: Well, it's because people just like to complain. I mean, I'm one of them, hand up. I'm the first, I'm the first one to admit the ability to complain about something is is arguably one of the best things in the world. Like,
0: mm. <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, you're a sick man. You're a. Sick, I, I you're understand a sick man. that. You you laugh,
1: but I mean, there was a reputation at a former wireless company that I worked at, where essentially the word was, if I wasn't complaining, I wasn't working hard enough because mm. that it, you can always find the fun in the in in the complaining about whatever is going on. And that's part of sports and being a sports fan is being able to complain about your team or player or a terribly bad contract for someone who's overpaid, bad draft picks, bad signings, bad coaching, bad ownership. Having the ability to complain about it, that's what makes it sports. That's what makes it fun and I, I obviously some people go way over the line and and mm. you know, you down you you shoot down how good Otto Porter actually is at basketball because John Paxson gave him too much money. You know what I mean? Like right. that's that's tough.
0: Right. No, agreed completely. Um I by don't the way, the-
1: John Paxson's the guy maybe was it the Wizards that gave him too much money or he left the Wizards to go to the Bulls for too much money?
0: Look, I was just yeah, it, he, they, he did lead, he did go to the Bulls and get that big contract, but Yeah,
1: so it was John Paxson. Okay.
0: Uh, speaking of that that organization, they're in the absolute worst position of any team with this play in tournament excluding the New Orleans Pelicans who I'm still not convinced Adam Silver is going to bump the play-in tournament up to five teams to accommodate uh, accommodate the big fella being able to p- potentially play in the playoff should his finger heal in time. But the Bulls are in the worst spot. You know They went all in on that trade for Vucevic at the deadline and they are sitting there at the eleven seed in the East out of the play-in tournament three games back of the Wizards. That's a bad spot man
1: well the only thing helping them is the fact that Beal's been out and Beal's going to remain out for a little bit longer with the tweaked hamstring like that's the only thing giving them any sort of chance because as good as Russ is and as good as his ability to get triple doubles is the, you need the team around you to win games and I don't know how well built. like there's only so many buckets Alex Len and and Rui Hachimura can get around around Russ. I, I that that gives them a little bit of hope with what four games remaining I think in the season going into tonight for most teams. Yeah. Um that's it's a it's a tough it's a tough spot to be in for the Bulls. I it's a, they went all in for Vucevic and, and I know Zach Levine missed some time like they kind of just got the the, the short end of the stick here. It's a tough one
0: the uh the wizards man they are scoring points as of late I'm looking at this uh their recent schedule and it seems like you know and this is a a mix of wins and losses here pretty even I think it's five and five over the last 10 six and four over the last 10 but you know they 20 124 133 131. 134, 154, 124, 122, 116, 143, 119, 126, 118, 119, 121, 117, 123. We have to go back one after that one more, two more, three more, four more, five. We have to go. Yeah. Basically like 15 games back to find a game when the wizards did not crack a hundred points.
1: Yeah, I mean they they can definitely score, and with the way Ross is able to distribute the ball, like he he puts these guys in the position to, to put up points like that. It's definitely there. The problem is they don't play a lot of defense. So yeah. despite scoring all those points, it's not it's not always necessarily facilitating wins. You know, that's, where do you that's stand on Westbrook?
0: Thing. Uh,
1: so early early on in the the betters delight world there was an argument that came up that in a vacuum who was a better player steph curry or russell westbrook and it's to me
0: define the define the parameters of this for me
1: i don't know they're in a vacuum airless sealed tight i i I don't know i understand
0: i I understand what a vacuum is (laughs) thank you but but what are the parameters for determining who the better player is
1: i i there really wasn't anything purely set I guess it was just overall like individual skill set. take team success out, take everything else out of it. uh, But who is the actual better overall basketball player, Mm -hmm. like just the individual out there. And it's, it's an interesting debate. Now I'm going to side with Steph Curry, just based on the shooting ability, his, his ball handling, you know, obviously Russ has some advantages when it comes to being able to pass. He rebounds obviously better than Steph and obviously he can score too. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's a really tough one. And then you kind of take into the account which it kind of launches away from just individual success but like the overall ability to win. Right. Like Steph's Steph's teams win. Russ's teams never got over that hump, right? And
0: but not only that, Steph's teams win with Steph as the best player, you know, leading, you know, with the exception of, you know, arguably one year when Durant was there. Westbrook's teams don't win when he is not even the best player.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a really really tough argument. And I like Russ. That's like that's the part where uh, uh Mike would always call, "Oh, you, you guys just don't think Russ is that good. You don't like Russ." It's like, "No, Russ is a very very talented basketball player." Yeah. The issue becomes in the team the team aspect. Yeah, he gets the assists, he gets the rebounds, but like the team doesn't always win, and I don't know what the root cause of that is. Because he's been on great teams. I mean, you you look deeper into that. Um, you're you're looking deeper into that, like OKC team that blew the three-one lead. You have the OKC team that lost in the finals. Like those teams mm. weren't as deep as they probably needed to be to win those championships. But I mean, like that. Yeah, they were good teams. Though. They, they were really really good and you had durant and westbrook and i know harden wasn't the harden that he is now but he was still harden like that guy still existed on your team center being nick collison probably didn't help but like it it, it it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say that russ is a bad basketball player cuz he's not but it's it's also hard for me to put him in the upper echelon tier of players despite all the individual statistics cuz his team doesn't do enough
0: Yeah, I just think we're really underrating a guy that is, you know, and not when he was young. We're talking about a guy who 28, 29, 29, 30 seasons, all of a sudden, oh, he's going to average triple doubles four out of five years over the past five. And this year, 22, maybe 12 and 12. That is bananas.
1: Yeah, he's, he's unreal. Like, his ability to put up stats are unreal. You don't see... You've never seen guys be able to do this outside of, what, Oscar Robertson?
0: Well, no. As of right now, you've never seen anyone do what he's done.
1: Yeah, it's, it's extremely impressive, but it doesn't always lead to being the winner. I did like his response, though, when somebody asked... Somebody asked him recently um, about... Like winning championships, and his response essentially was, dude, I grew up in the hood. Like making it to the NBA was my championship. And that's that is a really good perspective for him to have. Like and and he's not wrong. Like he essentially was able to fulfill his his lifelong dream and get, you know, get out of whatever the hood means for you know for him. And and that's awesome. But those accolades that are people are going to eventually judge you by. It's going to be the titles. It's going to be the team's success that ultimately keeps him out of the discussion of being one of the best players ever. You know what I mean?
0: Do you think he's a guy with a focus problem sometimes? Because I look at that 2016-2017 season where I believe he won MVP, and you know he averages 31.6, averages uh, 10.7 rebounds, 10.4 assists. But what's really interesting to me is, is he shoots 34% from 3 on 7.2 attempts a game that is easily a career high in both of those categories as a matter of fact attempts and percentage and at the line he shoots he gets to the line 10.4 times a game and makes 84% which is again by a decent amount a career high what happened after that why has his why did we go from 84% at the line to 73 to 65 what's going on
1: I think guys start to focus more on other things. They take free throws for granted. They don't work on them as much, and then that becomes it becomes a liability. I mean, even if you look at LeBron, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but LeBron's free throw percentage, now he wasn't always a lights-out free throws guy, but it feels like to me in watching him all these years in the playoffs and late in the postseason, his free throws have become a lot more of a liability than they were you know, early on in his career. And I don't know whether it's guys just don't focus on it anymore, but that's what it feels like. And you're kind of right when you say, you know, is there a focus issue? There might be. There might be something more towards, you know, he's so locked in on this triple-double situation or, you know, uh, improving his three-point percentage that he doesn't work on that as much. And it's like, ah, well, I'm 32 years old, 33 years old. I've been shooting free throws forever. 36 years old. Whatever, 36 (laughs) years old. I don't need to... Russ Westbrook's 36 years old. Uh, I thought
0: uh, I thought we were on LeBron. No, oh. uh, Russell's 32.
1: Okay, I was going to say, damn. Uh, it feels like just yesterday that it was him and Kevin Love playing for UCLA. 36 mm-hmm. would have been wild. Um, yeah,
0: Darren Collison. Don't don't uh, take away from... Dar- oh, that was Drew. Never mind, I'm a liar.
1: Actually, you that- know what?
0: I'm sticking with that. I think Darren Collison was on those teams.
1: I'm pretty sure it was Darren Collison. Uh, because Darren Collison had that weird thing where he was on like two different generations of UCLA teams. Yeah, he like, he played
0: it, with Drew as well.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's like a weird. He like spanned the Aaron Aflalo years into Kevin <laughs> that's, Love. Russ that's Westbrook. how they're
0: known. That's how they're known. The Aaron Aflalo years. <laughs>
1: um, but it's it's very. It, it, he's just like that UCLA. How do they not win a title with Kevin Love and Russ Westbrook? I don't. I well, just don't. Get and
0: Westbrook it. was very much like third fourth best player on the team at that point he i think he averaged like 12 a game or something like that in his one year uh, at ucla very much a unfinished product hey guys chris here to let you know this week's episode of you're wrong and here's why is brought to you in part by smile brilliant you know there's an old quote i believe it's from don quixote it basically says that every tooth in a person's head is more valuable than a diamond I 100% believe this to be true. If you take care of your teeth, they're going to take care of you and that is why I am so excited to tell you guys about Smile Brilliant. Maybe you're a nighttime teeth grinder and if so, you're certainly not alone. That puts you among one of an estimated 40 million other Americans who do as well. It's a problem and a lot of things can cause it. It can be stress, anxiety, you know, an abnormal bite, chronic teeth grinding is gonna lead to worn enamel, tooth decay, sleeplessness, and you know, expensive dental procedures. The worst of which is the last one. If this applies to you and you've looked into it, you know the number one teeth grinding prevention recommended by dentists is a custom fitted night guard. And that's gonna run you two to 300 bucks per guard. And you're gonna go through a couple, you know, maybe even three a year. Well, fear no more. A simple and logical solution is here. Using Smile Brilliant's Lab Direct process, you can get the same custom-fitted night guards for as little as $45 per guard. But that's not all these mouth magicians at Smile Brilliant have to offer. They also have custom-fitted whitening trays that cost about 70% less than the average and are delivered three to five times faster. And don't get me started about the Carry Pro Electric Toothbrush. It has all the features of the more expensive models, really expensive <laughs> models, and uh, at half the price, this thing is gonna be sitting in my bathroom very shortly. So check this out. This is really exciting. Head over to www.smilebrilliant.sm l-e-b-r-i-l-l-i-a-n-t.com and use y-w-h-w for 30% off your order that is a legitimately generous offer once again that is www.smilebrilliant.com and use that promo code y-w-h-w you're right about lebron and the free throws too in eighteen years, only four times has he shot below seventy percent from the line, and three of them are in the last five, and the other one is literally .701.
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny. LeBron and that, just, that's this year, by the way. Yeah. It's it's just I think it is I think it's just one of those things that they take it they take it more and more for granted. So when it does come up in the game situation, it's not as bad. I also think I think that the regular season has become a lot more lackadaisical, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, guys – Let's get through this. Yeah, especially for teams that are not – well, now playing playing games and playing tournaments. Nothing's guaranteed, apparently. Um, But guys who are established superstars on established teams, they don't – some of the fundamental stuff doesn't come into play as often as it, it has in the past, you know?
0: Yeah, we, we talk so much about LeBron physically being superhuman, but that 2017-2018 season when he played all 82 as a 33-year-old was really the last time that was the case. And through no fault of his own, because you know, you're know you talking about his 15th season in the NBA, and that's an unbelievable accomplishment to have all of those miles on the tires and still play 82 games at that high a level. But since then, we've been 55, 67, 43 and I feel like that trend's gonna continue for the next couple as well. LeBron feels like a forty-five game a guy, a year a guy, oh, forty-five game a year guy at this point.
1: Just gotta get to Bronny, dude, and then he can retire. Well, Bronny. Well, I mean, the issue—he's just
0: not that good.
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, the people will take a flyer on him. It's different. It's it's a different era than Michael Jordan's kid playing at Illinois. Right. Well,
0: n- well, sure. Well, yes, absolutely. But people are going to take a flyer on Bronny because LeBron's a free agent and he's going to go play with Bronny.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Of course.
0: And it, the, it the, makes Bronny the most valuable player in that draft that year.
1: The the issue is is going to be can Bronny be even a half or three quarters of what LeBron is, and I don't. That's an unfair expectation because. Say what you will, criticize LeBron. You can hate his personality. You can think he's a dork. Uh, You can do all that stuff, but he is easily a top five or ten player all time in the NBA, like in NBA history. It's probably
0: higher than that. Yeah, I think that depends
1: on who you talk to.
0: I don't just just based on longevity. I don't know that you can make a case for many players over him.
1: No, yeah, I agree. There is that the quite the one. The one thing, the one thing that'll be interesting is how hard does he make a push to try and become the all-time leading scorer?
0: Oh, he's like, going to make that, try to make that yeah, push.
1: Yeah, but then, then you can't play forty-five games a season. You just yeah. can't. Like you're gonna have to play more, and can he? Can his body hold up? Remember, he he's already talking about how he may never be back at a hundred percent because he rolled an ankle like three right. weeks ago. So, by
0: by the way, following up on the Bronny James thing, he has a. He has dropped out of the ESPN uh, ESPN top twenty-five for his class. Oh, oh no. That's I not good. Should have never been in it in the first place, by the way. Well, yeah, that makes sense. I mean You know who the number one kid in that class is, and this is gonna make you feel a little old. Go ahead. It's Dewan Wagner's kid. Wow. I am like DeWan yeah, Wagner's not even that old.
1: Nope. No, he's not. That's crazy
0: wan wow. Dewan is 38 years old Jesus
1: Christ
0: <laughs> and he's it's got only, a kid he's got a kid who is the I guess the number one what's that sophomore in the country right now
1: yeah yeah that is
0: that's wild yeah that's he's unbelievable wild. by the way DJ Wagner un- absolutely unbelievably talented
1: yeah I'm sure I'm sure I mean coming from that guy's tutelage a guy who was good enough to play in the NBA. An all-time leading scorer somewhere—I forget where. Camden was it? Camden they played yep. at. Yep. Yeah. And
0: uh, his, and his DJ is at Camden High School as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's talk about uh, living
0: up to a legacy.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I would say, uh, I would say, being the number one recruit in the country is probably good enough. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, I, I mean, I don't see why, I don't see why that that couldn't be the case. That's nuts, though. I, mean, I feel really old. I felt really old the other day because. And This is off the sports topic, but no, someone someone on Twitter revealed that uh, some Forty Ones uh, debut, <laughs> one. I mean the first album that I heard of them, yeah. uh, all killer no filler, uh, which, fe- which featured the the you know their biggest hit, Fat Lip, sure. uh, came out twenty years ago on May eighth, and I I considered just walking into traffic. I remember buying that at, at Target uh, in the Metroplex, like, 20 years ago. What, what happened? Where did the well, time go, Chris?
0: Well, and how about The Simpsons being in season 32?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't like it, buddy. I don't like it. <laughs> Actually, there are some days I think about, like, you know, I mean, because I've seen my neighbor when I was growing up across the street, She, uh, her family would... Um, uh, they recorded The Simpsons like every Sunday on like V on like VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. So they just had VHS tapes, just tapes and tapes and tapes of episodes of The Simpsons. And I'd go over there, I'd borrow a VHS tape, burn through eight hours, go over, borrow, and, I, and I, it would just be nonstop, dude. I knew I knew Simpsons episodes, especially early on. Like we're talking, this is you know, six, fifth, sixth, six, seven, like in the that age group. Well, I probably shouldn't have been watching The Simpsons if we're being perfectly honest, but uh, I, w- I would I would watch them and and just that stuff's ingrained in my memory. I, I sometimes consider turning on like Disney Plus and just starting it like season fifteen and let's just see where the world takes me.
0: Oh, you know what's funny? I uh, I've you know I'm a go to sleep watching TV shows guy. I've been watching them on my iPad recently and i've been getting through mythbusters i'm about i'm about done mythbusters and i i told alexa the other day i think i'm gonna start a season one of the simpsons that's gonna be the next thing i'm gonna watch to go to bed and it it, will it will carry me for a while
1: oh yeah dude i'm in i'm in this world this weird thing with paramount plus so
0: why do you have paramount plus talk about uh, a garbage streaming service
1: I have there's a couple different reasons the Nickelodeon stuff's cool I spent a while watching are you afraid of the dark no big deal
0: mm-hmm. no um, big deal. none yeah. none whatsoever great no. that was a, that's a great show I'll give you that yeah well right. it was a great show it's not a great show
1: they event they event, yeah it eventually gets a little bit too too much but the first the first couple seasons are like just childhood nostalgia stuff and that's what a lot of the Nickelodeon stuff is and then uh, they they announced that they were doing the real world road rules all-stars challenge mm-hmm. season. Uh, and this is just, these are all the people that I grew up with. Yeah. So like it's, you're, you're looking at people who starred in this show between like 2002 to 2010. And I don't know how familiar you are with the challenge, but the challenge, not, was, not at all. The challenge was an unreal, like you talk about just stupid reality TV drama with weird competition and voting mixed in. And what Paramount Plus offers outside of this current season, which I cannot wait for Thursday's new episode. uh, (laughs) And I love the fact that they're doing it like that. They didn't just drop everything at once. Doing it individually every week. I mean, really, it brings you back to like 10 o'clock on Tuesday nights back in the day. Uh, But they also have old seasons of the challenge. So it's weird because of streaming rights issues. And I don't know what the situation is. But like they don't have the first 10 seasons of the show Mm. on there, which gets super old school. Uh, but it starts at like season 11 and there's things that are weirdly edited out of episodes. Like the most memorable challenge moment of all time, CT threatens to eat Adam's head in a giant <laughs> fight at the beginning of the duel too. And uh, those, those first two or the second and third episode of the season just like don't exist on the streaming service, which is a little weird. Uh, but that, that, that is what it is. But I've been during the day, like I'll work, I'll be on the phone or, and in the background I just started at season eleven, and I've just been watching. I'm like, I'm on like season seventeen now. One of the seasons isn't on there. I'm sure there's some sort of issue, but I'm on like season seventeen or eighteen now. Over okay. the course of like literally two weeks of just watching the challenge, and it's just so dumb. I, <laughs> I continuously accidentally spoil the season for myself because I'll Google one of the competitors' names, and like it'll pull up. There's like an entire Wikipedia del- dedicated to like its own Wikipedia. It's not on Wikipedia, dedicated to the challenge. And like has people who what seasons they were on. I'll accidentally spoil a the season, then I'll be mad at myself. So I'm trying to avoid the spoilers for the ruins uh, this season, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's why I have power Mount Plus.
0: Well, in a world where uh, there's something for everyone, we do have a, a t- we have a show on the network called MTV Challenge Accepted, hosted by Zandrick, and uh, he recaps all of the challenge episodes. Been doing it for a couple seasons now. Yeah, so there is there is really something for everyone. And hey, uh, while we're talking about streaming services, let's let's talk about this. And we ha- we do have to say up front that we received compensation for talking about this uh, FTC guidelines and all of that. But, you know, in, there was no there was no stipulations for what we had to say. We were not told, hey, we're going to give you money. So uh, talk about this and say it's great. No, they said, hey, you know. Here's a login. Check this out and tell us what you think. Be honest, and uh, you know th- that is Curiosity Stream, a really fun streaming service that we've come to uh, we've come to find out a lot about over the last couple of weeks. Like I said, we we were sent a complimentary login, and it has got I mean, talk about thousands of uh, documentaries. It's I, w- I was shocked by how big uh, the content library was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. If you're into like literally, it's kind of everything. You have a, a whole bunch of different topics, and it's a lot more like informative stuff, which I I liked. And mm-hmm. I spent I've spent a lot of time watching a lot of like war history stuff, which is yeah. cool. Like I I I, I like.
0: Uh, We're both really big documentary fans. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, there's that, but like anything, when you talk about like World War One, World War Two, like that sort of stuff. Uh, really any sort of army stuff that is, that's the stuff that you're going to get. You're going to get me hooked into and like listening to conversations or, or, or people discuss like those time periods. Right. It's, it's a ton of fun and there's a ton of content on there with, with that for sure.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, there is a lot of sports stuff, but also, you know, nature, science, history, basically anything that you're interested in, there's something for you. And one of the really good things about it is they do try to make a, a real effort to have educational content for kids. And I think all too often we fall into this habit, uh, you know, as this generation of just kind of being like, oh, here you go, guys, uh, sit in front of this and watch this and, you know, <laughs> occupy yourselves for a couple of hours. Maybe that's a cartoon or something like that, but this this gives a lot of really good... uh really good shows, really interesting and engaging shows for kids to watch and actually learn while they're watching television.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I know with, with my kids, we, we kind of, you know, we can only watch so many uh, animated movies over and over <laughs> again before it's like, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. So using, using Curiosity Stream and being able to, to show them a couple of different things. One of the things that, Uh, we looked at is uh, there's, there's a thing called seasons of the forest. And essentially it's, Mm. they, they go back and forth, you know, sort of monitoring a forest over the course of of a year and then a couple years. And they, they're able to kind of show you the differences, different seasons, make it things like that. And that's one of the things like, as we walk around our own neighborhood and and check out different things and, you know, from raking leaves with, with uh, my oldest daughter and like, just all the different flowers that are out there now, dandelions and all the different fun stuff. Like so showing her what happens in an actual forest and and things like that. And her being able to see the different changes that the seasons have. It was super interesting. and super cool to have that. And there was also, there's a ton of stuff about dinosaurs. And, and one of the things that, that like she has a ton of dinosaur figurines and loves that sort of stuff. So being able to put some of that on the screen with information about it. Now, who knows how well she absorbs some of that information, but I think she <laughs> she certainly likes to kind of get into it, and then it leads to her asking questions, and you can kind of walk her through gaining some of that knowledge. So it's pretty, it a pretty cool thing to to be able to sit down and show her.
0: Yeah, I obviously I don't have kids myself yet, but I sent our login. Uh, sorry, Curiosity Stream. I apologize for sharing <laughs> logins. Uh, I sent our login over to a buddy of mine who's got you know kids that are a little bit older because I wanted to get his take on it as well. And they sort of got their kids into it with the What Animals See show. It's kind of like looking at life through the lens of, through the eyes of an animal and how they view the world. And that took them to some other stuff, including American icons. And, you know, they used uh, the Walt Disney episode as their entry point. They're like, oh, you know, that place you guys really like to go and talk about all the time. Well, here's the guy who created all of that. From that, you know, they get to watch the Babe Ruth stuff and even learn about, you know, George Washington.
1: Yeah, man i uh, i also i also kind of dug into the American icon stuff a little bit. Uh, the episode on FDR was actually pretty pretty informative, and some of the stuff that I really didn't like. I should know this. I'm I'm old yes. enough. I'm old <laughs> enough to know that like FDR didn't grow up having polio. Turns out, right. not the case. Turns out, he got it when he was like thirty nine years old. Uh, <laughs> didn't know that, which was interesting. But I, I was able to find that out watching American Icons, and um, with. Uh, I was watching, like I said before, just getting getting into, you know, some of like the the war stuff and things like that. There was a thing called Spies of War on there that had four episodes, and it's like all about One of the episodes was about like D Day spies, and it was these Spanish, the these Spanish spies that were in there uh, spying on like the the French and German forces. It was it was wild. They had. Um, uh, who the heck are the people who uh, they did spying for the Russians from Brooklyn? They were the the two the Rosenbergs, maybe that that might be the name. And spoilers. I spoilers. Uh, sorry. Well, I mean they're they're famous, well known spies, and they were <laughs> ones that were called out relatively early. But like just getting a lot of the background on a lot of that stuff was super cool, and it, it's definitely like information, like I said, that I should know at at 32. But uh, right. definitely getting it from Curiosity Stream was awesome
0: yeah the thomas edison episode is also really good the twain episode there's a lot of really fascinating stuff i was watching it on my apple tv what were you watching it on
1: uh my roku tv
0: okay because it's available on basically every platform you get on roku fire tv apple tv android tv uh and you know and on android and ios all that stuff on the computer so if if you're interested in it there's something for you uh, and there's you definitely have a means to watch it also like I can't get over this because we were talking about uh, you know another streaming service let's just go ahead and call it Paramount Plus earlier. I think it's like 12 bucks a month or something like that. I forget exactly what it is. God knows that's pretty much par for the course for a lot of the streaming services now. Uh Curiosity Stream is 20 bucks for the year for for the HD version and with our promo code YWHW it takes 25% off. It drops down to 15 bucks for the year. Like I look, look, we got a year for free. I will probably have this moving forward. I
1: mean, as I'm, you know, as I've scrolled through a lot of the stuff, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting things on, on the platform. And for, for that type of price, uh, you can't really beat it. I'm a guy that uh, set it and forget it kind of thing, but 15 bucks for the year, that's an that's an easy one for me, for all the the value and the documentaries and things like that, that I'm going to be able to watch.
0: And you can go up to the 4K plan too. Uh, that drops to uh, 52 bucks for the year with uh, with that promo code YWAHW. Okay, you were watching the spy stuff. You you were watching the the war stuff. I like I couldn't take myself away from from Deep Ocean with David Attenborough. I love all of the Attenborough stuff. I love all of the nature stuff. Um, but I'm just I'm fascinated by the ocean, and I always have been. I told you via text earlier. I think there's an alternate reality where I'm an oceanographer <laughs> instead of talking into a microphone right now. I, I'm just I'm fascinated by it. They go they go into like Challenger Deep and the Mariana Trench, some of the deepest places on Earth. And it's just it, it all fascinates me to no end. One, because like this is an alien world down there, basically. You look at these creatures that have evolved to survive seven miles under the under the sea. And they are they are aliens man they are, you're talking about basically everybody's blind you know if they do have eyesight there is okay when you get into you get into like i guess it's like three miles underwater you can barely see the light up top and that's when we get into a lot of the bioluminescent fish the the fish that have have evolved to light up for various different reasons and why a lot of them do it is basically it's bizarre to say but the light actually acts as a camouflage because when you're looking at them from below they kind of blend in you don't see their silhouette as much because they blend in with the light above so you know these smaller fish use that as a way to not be eaten by larger predators there is another fish that because of this has evolved to its eyes point upward so that it's always looking above it and it's it has this green film in its eyes that they've naturally evolved to, I get it. Uh, it filters out bioluminescent light, like it. That's just fascinating. Like, okay, here is here is one thing that happens. You you've you've evolved to be bioluminescent to to avoid predators, and the predators have evolved to deal with that. It's cra- like I'm. They're all and they're all aliens. Every single one looks like something you would see in a horror movie.
1: Oh yeah, dude, anything with the ocean The deep ocean especially is Literally terrifying, I can't watch it Because I'll end up never going Into the, sh- the shallow part of the ocean Again, uh-huh. just in 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 The chance that one of them Fish <laughs> with the lights on it's gonna just show up Out of nowhere by accident, so I'm out uh-huh. On that, but it yeah. is certainly interesting
0: And I think the coolest thing Is, you know, when you talk About, like, going into the Mariana Trench The deepest place on the planet Seven plus miles underwater the, the pressure is something like it's something like a, like a hundred times I forget exactly what it is, a hundred times the, the gravity you would feel on Earth, 100 times the pressure you would feel above water. And they do an incredible uh, incredible experiment where they basically take this steel ball and they subject it to the kind of pressure that it is on at the bottom of the sea. and the steel ball just ruptures. And yet fish have evolved to live down there.
1: It's nuts dude. It's absolutely like, I, insane.
0: I, and, and then there's, Oh God, <laughs> They the, uh, I believe it was uh the Chinese scientists. They had the, this camera and they basically just like baited it and they wanted to see what was at the bottom. And, you know, a lot of them are just like very, very basic life. Uh, you know, very small, small stuff. But then, you know, there's this, there's this weird fish and a little bit higher up, like they you're just looking at this camera forever and Oh, all of a sudden there's a blind shark. A blind ten-foot shark that lives five miles under the water—it's the thing. What? It's the stuff of nightmares.
1: Yeah, I'm out. I'm out <laughs> on the ocean. I i don't even need to watch it. I know I'm out.
0: You wouldn't if okay, if you know if if James Cameron comes up to you and he's like, "Greg Crone, heard you on on your wrong, heard you on better still. I think you're fascinating. <laughs> I'd love for you to be part of this project." Uh, as you know, I've. Uh, I've, I've had, some, uh, had some documentaries where I went deep underwater before, and I would love for you to take part in the next one. We're going, we're going into the trench. We're going to Challenger Deep. We're going to be five miles under the oceans. You would say no. You would say no to Jim Cameron.
1: Chris, Jim Cameron would have to give me all future rights to the Avatar movies. I would need all of the future rights in perpetuity, so my family and whoever else after me, Gets to benefit off of uh, Avatar 12 that Cam- uh-huh. that Jim Cameron's kid makes. Because not a chance. Not a chance. Buddy, I can barely survive walking in like a crowd of people, like a crowded stadium without freaking out. You want to put me in a submarine and send me down to the Marianas <laughs> Trench, dude? No way. No way.
0: Call me Jim, Vince.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> dude, oh man. We've, what an, uh, an unreal show.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess the other thing I watched was uh, called Butterfly Effect. It was super cool, basically just showing how like these these moments in time have influenced everything, uh, everything that has uh, happened after that, from from Capone to the Gold Rush, the uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Black Death, all that stuff. All of that available on Curiosity Stream. I am uh, look. The reality is, yes, they're paying us. I probably would have done it for a free membership because I'm I'm getting a lot out of this. Uh, love this service a lot of cool stuff I'd still dig into and again if uh, any of you guys are interested it is unquestionably the best value in streaming right now like I said 20 bucks for the year 15 with the promo code YWAHW for the HD version the 6 the, uh, the 4k version is 60 for the year that drops to fifty two fifty with 50 uh, with the YWAHW promo code you can also go to uh, curiositystream.com to check all of that out and I would encourage you to do so. In fact, if you want to go over and don't use the promo code, go to CuriosityStream dot com backslash Y W A H W and the uh, the code will be automatically applied for you.
1: I I didn't I didn't know I didn't know if there was if we were just going right back you know what I mean. I think
0: I think Greg was uh heading over to Curiosity Stream to get some for his family right now.
1: I mean I have been I have been browsing and looking at other things on on Curiosity Stream as we were talking. Um but number one. Yeah. I need to get on this Challenge podcast. Now, I don't keep up as much <laughs> with the newer stuff now. Uh-huh. Now, with Paramount Plus, maybe I dive back in. Maybe I okay. maybe I dive back in. They still can draw me in with a couple of the competitors that still that still uh, tend to be on there. But I would love to sit down and discuss some old school Challenge with uh with really anybody. Um
0: Well, I w- I will let San know. I think uh, like I said this season just ended. They just had the uh, the two-part um, like uh, whatever it is, post season, yeah, whatever the, episodes. They
1: usually do like the wrap up special. I have heard, I heard, I've heard from from people who still watch the show regularly, who I've, you know, who I'm friends with, who said it it's it feels back to what the normal challenge is, where where the issue comes from. And I know this is a sports podcast, but yeah. you know, there there were certain sports uh, sports enthusiasts and sports writers and sports media members. Uh, who said the challenge at one point was the fifth best uh, the fifth major sport in America so I would argue um, fourth could you could probably <laughs> win that argument with most people um, but where the challenge diverted for me was when road rules went away right okay. and in reality, the real world has kind of also <laughs> gone the way of the dodo but god i'm I'm really old um it's a weird mm-hmm. thing to say for for someone who's thirty two years old. Uh, but regardless it is once road rules went away the influx of new competitors disappeared right you would have the real world and there'd be a couple new people and then they started incorporating people from other franchises the dream scenario would have always been way back when the Jersey Shore was original move, move those people or at least a couple of them into the challenge world different production companies didn't work out now They eventually incorporated people from Are You The One, which is some weird dating show. They eventually incorporated people from Big Brother, I think, maybe. Like It's very bizarre, and I kind of fell out of it uh, because of stuff like that. I knew less and less of the people that were coming because I didn't watch those other shows. Like I watched The Real World Chicago. I knew Anissa from Real World Chicago. When she came on to the challenge, I was like, oh shit, there's that girl from Philly who was on Real World Chicago – and it's now on the challenge, and now I'm um, now it's fifteen years later, and she's still on the challenge. Like, yeah. like life that, is
0: going well.
1: I, you'd be surprised. Um, it is funny. Like uh, again, I was doing research on people from old uh, old seasons of the Real World, like Kyle Brandt, who's on the NFL Network. That guy mm-hmm. was on Real World Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one girl Kara, who uh, was on the Real World Chicago, she works for QVC now. Like. Some of these people actually like branched off into like serious like careers. Mike DeMiz arguably arguably the most famous real world alumni of all time. That that man became WWE champion.
0: Well, if I remember correctly, uh, Kyle Brandt was college roommates with uh, buddy of the show, buddy of the network Ross Tucker.
1: Ah, oh, I, I did not know that.
0: I believe that is correct. I believe they played uh, I believe they played together.
1: Huh, interesting.
0: Yeah, so funny. Kyle Kyle Brand has a legitimate background. He just went uh, a illegitimate route.
1: Oh no, yeah, no, I'm not saying that Kyle Brand isn't isn't a well uh, a well credentialed man when it comes to to covering football. It was more of a it was more of just an interesting thing to like some people you talk about like oh they end up being reality show lifers, they end up being like just kind of hey we're one and done sort of thing and they disappear off into the mm-hmm. to the distance. But it's, it's some of the, some of the people come out came out of these shows and eventually built. They built brands, they built names, and they sure. it's it's crazy. It's and now you would think it would be even easier, but the problem is god damn, this is a sports show. Uh
0: yeah, pro- I mean it's a sports show, but we talk about entertainment <laughs> stuff all the time.
1: But the, the the issue becomes is now it's so much harder to get people's attention. Like the real world doesn't oh, yeah. have that draw anymore that it did because of other reality television. Like we talked about, about Paramount Plus, but one of the one of the big things that they launched when Paramount Plus started was they had this real world season 1 reunion right so we're mm-hmm. talking about the original uh, cast of the real world the first season in new york and they had they filmed it during covid which was actually kind of crazy because there's a kind of a weird twist in in it but it's a couple of episodes and i don't know how long they filmed it for a week or whatever it was that they all went and lived in new york city back in the original real world house but like and granted i was way too young to watch that episode live but i recognized some of the names from the challenges some of the people like, going back and watching that, it's a weird thing. And I don't know what it'll be like in 20 years for people now. Because right. the way entertainment works and the way celebrity works and popularity is so weird and sort of... Not fleeting, because, believe me, nobody gives a shit about most of those people from the real world. Like, they're not famous people now.
0: So well, that... well, Some some have transcended, for sure, though.
1: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that that's definitely happened. Uh, but... Like I don't know what that's gonna look like twenty years from now. It's right. weird. It's weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, I can't what, put a finger on what's it. what's the
0: equivalent. The it's like you know Instagram and TikTok stars now.
1: Yeah, like But for how long can you entertain YouTubers you with taking like taking pictures of like the beach that you're standing on? Like, what's the longevity of something like that?
0: Look, I don't get it either. But you know, and maybe it's just God, a, we're that, old. that's well, <laughs> and there's that's entirely possible. It's just not our demo, but. Yeah no I, I I don't I don't know media is th- the availability of putting yourself in front of a camera and the ease of putting that on the internet has entered us into a new and bizarre world of media.
1: Dude, I do sometimes think of the people that go like super viral for dumb things. Yeah, like they end up in, and not even like I'm not even talking like the Karen stuff or the people who do like blatantly like. Arguably awful things on, and get filmed doing it. I'm talking about like, like just like a dumb kid in high school who does something. Like let's take, let's take the. the I'm trying to think of what the best example is. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But you you know what I mean. Like somebody who does something mildly embarrassing in high school, and instead of it just being like, hey, Greg, Greg, I don't know, uh, tripped and fell and shattered the glass of a fire extinguisher case in the middle of class. Well somebody was rolling and now that, that video has 1.5 million views on YouTube like oh in the first
0: hour absolutely yeah, yeah, in the like, first hour when in the past like the worst thing that could have possibly happened is like oh Bob Saget's going to talk about America's funniest home videos
1: exactly and that's if somebody had one of those giant camcorders that put you could put the VCR tape in yeah. like it, to me I, I just like what is the after effects of something like that Like how, how embarrassed are, or can you live in the world of oblivion, like obliviousness to it? Like, like I can tune out social media very easily. Like I choose to go on Twitter. I don't have it thrown in my face. I choose to post on Facebook or post on Instagram, which is relatively few and far between because it's just not the medium that I like prefer or like, sure but like for the kid, for the people who, where that's like their entire life, like all of a sudden you see yourself being you're, you're like trending on Twitter for doing something dumb. That's got to be the weirdest feeling in the world.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I think with a little bit of time passing, you realize, oh, that was a fleeting moment and ultimately nobody gave a shit.
1: That's true. It is true. With the way the thing, that everything cycles now, things do move very quickly in and out.
0: Like by so. the time by the time you actually get it, yo, I heard about some funny video on Twitter, and now by the time you actually find it, there's forty other idiots who are <laughs> trending for something stupid,
1: and there's seventeen hundred reaction videos. So it's not really you're you're not you're trying to find the original video, but it's just some guy with a microphone reacting to the video,
0: mm. and that got one point three million views.
1: It's Craziness, buddy! It's a crazy. It world. is.
0: It is. A, well, it is. And for a lot of reasons, the last thing I want to talk about in this crazy, crazy world is uh, a sports related topic, Gregory, and that is the return of Kim Tebow to the National Football League.
1: What are we doing?
0: What now we a doing? tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do you feel about this?
1: This this feels like the biggest attention grabbing BS of all time.
0: Tim. Uh, I, th- I think there's more to it than that.
1: I can't I think, wait I think to hear th- your theory. I
0: think there are duplicitous – well, I don't know if duplicitous is fair, but uh, there are other means behind it. And I was talking to – I was talking to – uh, I won't say who uh, the other day about <laughs> this because uh, why bring anyone else into it? And he mentioned to me an interesting fact. You know, it just so happens that Tim Tebow is being signed by his college coach. And uh, it also just so happens that, Greg, could you, would you believe that Tim Tebow is three NFL games away from qualifying for a full NFL pension?
1: Ha <laughs> that is funny.
0: Could you, what a coincidence, that's, that's weird. Uh, do you think there's any chance that Tim Tebow is going to be cut or, or maybe even retire after game four? Uh, it, would
1: sure, <laughs> it would sure fit the narrative, Chris. That is. Wow. I never even that that thought never even came into my brain.
0: No, it would have never occurred to me either, but the person who I was talking to very much hates Tim Tebow and uh, and brought up that there might be more to it than just the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to add a what 33 year old tight end who's never played tight end.
1: To me, I was just thinking, this is just this is just Urban Meyer trying to make some news. But you don't really need to. You guys just got Trevor Lawrence. It's kind of yeah. bizarre. But uh, like to me, I thought that it was just kind of that sort of thing. And like, hey, Tebow just needs the spotlight. This is weird. You know, it's the it's the it's the speech after the loss. It's mm. the it's the the Tebowing stuff. It's the hey, I'm 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 not good enough to play football, so I'm gonna go play baseball. Or now it's hey, I wasn't good enough to play baseball. I'm gonna finally do what i probably should have done if i initially wanted to play football and switch my position mm-hmm. like it, it it's very it feels very forced also how does this affect his coverage of sec games like how does that work is he just not going to do it this year
0: uh, i mean i don't care because he's not particularly interesting or insightful in that capacity but you know look if absolutely nothing else like i guess it saves the jaguars a a roster spot because you know, do you know who the Jaguars starting tight end is right now?
1: Uh, no.
0: <laughs> and you're not wrong to uh, have that response. ESPN depth chart has Chris Manhurts, the uh, top, the starting tight end for the Jaguars followed yeah, but- by James James O'Shaughnessy and That's Luke Farrell. I was,
1: th- I was thinking of O'Shaughnessy. A
0: bunch of people who are quite frankly not that good at football. So look, if if Tebow is the third string tight end and the third string quarterback, I mean, you could you could save a roster spot if nothing else.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's definitely true. I don't know.
0: What did you What did you think of the Jaguars' draft past Lawrence? Were you surprised they grabbed uh, ETN in the first round? No, really. So
1: as as a man who. Bet over two, uh, over one and a half running backs in the first round. I was happy with the Travis mm-hmm. Etienne pick for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting move since what they had uh, last year, and the, his name is of course escaping James Robinson. The yeah, James Robinson. Um, he, you know, he obviously had a pretty good rookie season. Hit some injuries towards the end of the year the question it becomes though is is Urban Meyer wants to do Urban Meyer type things and you're pairing two guys that have had serious success in college together can you make it work in the NFL you put someone with serious familiarity in a backfield with a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. and and obviously Etienne's going to have to up his game from a blocking perspective you know there's there's things that Come along with playing running back in the NFL that you probably didn't face while at Clemson. Let's be fair; the ACC yeah. schedule isn't isn't stacking up to a regular seventeen game NFL
0: schedule. And wait, are, for, wait. I'm sorry. Are you suggesting that the ACC is not as good as the AFC South?
1: I'm gonna tell you what. I think Boston College would lose by 200 <laughs> points to the Texans, and the Texans stink. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, to me to me it's 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 going to be an interesting turn. I'm not, I'm not shocked by it though. It's kind of one of those things like hey, let's give let's give him some familiarity back there. We know Etienne's a playmaker, he's a good player. Uh it may be may it may have been a reach, but you know, I'm okay with that kind of reach there.
0: Am I the only one that thinks the Jaguars are kind of interesting this year? I mean, you Lawrence and Etienne, Shark, they signed Marvin Jones, they have Chenault Jr. The offensive line is all right. On defense, you know Josh Allen's there. Kayla Von Chason was a high draft pick. Miles Jack is there. Schobert's a like big tackle guy. They signed Shaq Griffin to pair with CJ Henderson. Like this is this is not a one in fifteen team anymore.
1: No, they're they're actually going to be good. Like they're, they're I mean I'm not saying they make the playoffs necessarily, but they're going to be a team that is in every single game. And and I think that you know the question is going to come down to how they fill out some of the, some of the other positions, like can they find guys who can, who can get it done? Do they have any injury issues that pop up? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they're a team, you know, Urban Meyer's not a bad coach. I, I mean, granted college is obviously far different than the NFL because you can sort of stack the deck in college with recruiting and things like that. Yeah. But, but you still have to go out there and execute and win ball. Like you have to actually win ball games as a coach. That's how, it, that's how it works. It's how you get paid. So, I I think that I think that he has some decent talent there now and it, it it could get very interesting. The receiving core, like you mentioned, just them alone, you know, Chark obviously showed that he's a, you know, a top tier guy. Uh Chenault was what, a rookie last year? So, and played and played well. Yeah, and and, and and Marvin
0: Jones is a good player.
1: Yeah, Marvin Jones didn't get the same shine that Kenny Galladay did, but in Galladay's absence last year, there were times where Marvin Jones was just stockpiling touchdowns. So yeah,
0: Marvin Jones caught seventy six passes last year.
1: Yeah, he had, in in a situation on a team that was very bad. You know, like it's not like Marvin Jones when Galladay's out. I forget who was the other guy lining up on the other side from him. It wasn't somebody who was taking the coverage away. Believe that. So
0: oh I God, don't know. That's gonna that's gonna drive me crazy. Who was that? I'm I'm looking at the the Lions depth chart right now. This is uh because you're right, it was not good. Right now, well, it wouldn't have been any of these guys because right now it is Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, Amon <laughs> Ross, St. Brown. Uh, I guess Quentin Cephas was there last year, so yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I feel like we're still we're missing one other player. I, I don't, don't
1: know. know. It's going to
0: bother the, me. The, the Detroit Lions, 5-11 five, uh, five and 11 there. Marvin Jones, Hawkinson, Amandola.
1: Uh, yeah, Amendola. That that's pretty much who it was. That's pretty yeah. much yeah.
0: Uh, Danny great, Amendola. But... <laughs> yeah, it's uh By the way, um, what's his name? Urban Meyer, fine football coach, but have we all just forgot this is kind of like a shitty human being? Like, did we just when when he went away because he? medically had to retire did we just forget all of this stuff that happened at ohio state
1: yeah, there's some weird stuff there's some definite weird stuff he's not the best guy but uh you know it's the nfl now we are fine well, you I you forgot the you forgot the always memorable Muhammad sanu chris
0: oh there you go there uh, what <laughs> did sanu must have had done nothing last year i was i was looking at the stats what it do you wasn't have like great. Four catches? I don't know. Um,
1: Wikipedia didn't have his stats next to him, but uh it wasn't great.
0: All right. Um this is cause just we need to find this out before we get out here. Mosanew Mosinu, <laughs> Mosinu had 17 catches for 187 yards for the Lions last year. What they call him is a playmaker. Oof. Not good. Not good. That's gonna be the show for this week. Uh for Greg crone I'm Chris Horwaddell. Thanks for listening. Thank you to, to uh, Muhammad Sanu for those 17 <laughs> magical catches last year. And we'll see you next week.